I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast, the betting version of the Scottish Open and a little bit of Barbasol Championship as well. But uh, I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. And Bradley Todd returns this week after sunning himself up in Cornwall, or maybe not sunning himself up as the, the weather forecast might have suggested. But uh, you, you were away, weren't you? Was away, yes. Was away. But, but uh, we're back now. We're, yep, uh, the, the trio is here, uh, fresh off another win with uh, Jason, well done, uh, with JT Poston last week, I also put him up as first round leader, so it was a profitable week, uh, well that was obviously, it wasn't on the podcast, but profitable week for JT Poston all around. Yep, skills wasn't it? All skills, yes, I did, uh, I thought maybe he left himself a bit vulnerable last night and got away with the fact that no one that could have caught him put the mm. effort in, um, I felt like Stallions was shit which was annoying um but you know Boston probably deserved it on uh, you know what? merit Go you on. know what yeah everyone's looking for everybody to hit 72 perfect holes yeah it's just simply not going to happen no um well i mean you know very rarely does it happen you know Maroc didn't do it and he you know he won he didn't hit 72 perfect holes um i was just i thought Boston was uh, he was he was based on the fact he's going to hit plenty of greens his proximity was correct Yep. He was. He was very. You know, he was so close to it for two and a half. First two and a half rounds, he couldn't. He couldn't miss. Um, and and he paid very very well. And you know, at the end of the day, he didn't get to twenty two yesterday. Um, I don't know what happened. Loss of concentration or what. You know, whatever. He didn't say much after the event except he was over the moon, obviously. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a couple of holes which were really bizarre. He missed that five foot par putt on five or six, whatever it was, four five six. Um, and that seems to really knock him back. I think had he held that, I think he would have gone on to 24. Yeah. Uh, but he missed that. Then he went long with uh, an iron on the par three. There was a really bizarre sort of 88-yard wedge. There were two of them, actually. 88-yard wedge and 109, something like that, which he completely nosed up um, and went very short. So that was worrying in terms of course management because really, you know, from there, he didn't have to do a lot. He could, you know, where he was, he could have just put it within 15 feet, 17 feet and, and done whatever he did. But... But at the end of the day, I, I put it up yesterday that I thought even money overnight was pretty good given the opposition he faced. Yeah. Mm. Nobody agreed. But, um, you know, there he was. I mean, it, you know, Griot is Griot, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's uh, what he did. Um, he nosed up the bunker shot and that was the end of him. Scott Stallings, uh, we've always discussed that. You know, I like Stallings when he's sort of five, six, seven off the pace. Yeah. Uh, and he can attack, of course, it's 62 without knowing that he's in front. Um, but what he possibly, possibly didn't, you know, probably what? I reckon you can pick eight, ten holes out of the whole 72 that he wasn't great at. Well, the, the last um, time he won, he, he went 72 holes without a bogey, didn't he, at Wyndham? So, yeah, it was gone, I think, that, because he was on there. Yeah, yeah, so he's, yeah, we were on then as well. So, yeah, JT Poston's been profitable for this <laughs> podcast. Um, but, yeah. But he, I think, I mean, the funny thing is, Tom, sorry, is that, when he hit nine under the first day, in my head, I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Um, you don't want him to be in front, do you? Hmm. And I think to myself, do you know what? It's a piece of piss. If they just hit four under for the next three rounds, yeah. that's 21. He might win. Um, and then when I saw Friday's, I saw a bit of Friday and I saw a lot of Saturday, um, I thought, shit, you're going to need 24 to win. And as it happened, you know, 21 was enough. So, 
Look, look, he did what he did, and, and he kept his nose in front for an awful long time. And some of his putting was fantastic. Some of his wedge play was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I do think he deserved it. Oh, 100%. He's off to St Andrews, so good luck to him. Yeah, no, very impressive. Um, I thought one person that was really impressive uh, in the hunt just was that little bit too far back after the uh, the Monday start was was Christian Bezween. Now he finished 65, 66, 66. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not always one that gives Bezween out his due, but a pair of you know or a trio of, of rounds of 66 or better to finish the week, and you know just doesn't doesn't feel like the type of event where he'd go really low because that's not necessarily his mo, but. You know, wedges and putting is, and you know that's basically what it was. So um, that was impressive. I thought Grillo was okay considering it's been so long since he had that kind of opportunity. So um, he, he mucks up, like you said, he mucks up what he mucks up. So it wasn't, you know, I think Stalin showed that he's not one for what is it, eight years or whatever. So it's not, you know, it was just, it was just full, like you say, it's just full of people that you couldn't really rely on, and you know that that only made the case better for JT Poston. So overall, it was a, a promising week. Um, Irish Open, Moronk gets that win. Um, interestingly enough, Brad, I thought, you know, they were talking on the, on the broadcast about, like, how long it's been coming and how many missed opportunities, well, not even missed opportunities, but how many opportunities he's had. And I thought, well, actually, I think that's over-egging it a bit. Like, it's been a couple of really strong seasons, but this is not a guy that we've... I know he has had chances and I know he has been short in the best, but it's not a guy that I feel like has been entitled to win for so long. I think he's just... He's played some good golf, and people thought a win would come at some point. I don't think, I don't think he was overdue. No, I mean, I think we—he's one of them players. I think at the start of the year, everyone was like, "We do expect him to break through." I think a lot of people made that case for him because he's—he has been knocking on the door, and he's just—it's just been a, a great, great player. And he looks as though he's like, "It's going to come in. It's going to come this year." I think a lot of people thought that, and it's, um, but yeah, he—he—he he, he really did like get too nervous in contention last time out and uh he was coming down the stretch and you know he didn't just he knew his time was coming and uh yeah he took his chance but i think i think ryan fox said didn't he like he he thought he was going to be one short uh or maybe one short or two short uh he thought he'd be one short and maybe in a playoff if he birdied the last but like you know moronk just took advantage of those holes at the end and just went birdie eagle birdie and that's just something you needed to do and yeah. You know, he looked very composed on the final hole, and that was great. Uh, Ryan Fox is just continuing to be Ryan Fox. You know, it's really, really impressive stuff. Um, he's going to have some backers at the Open Championship next week. Should have some backers this week as well, uh, and for good reason. Overcome bad course form at the Irish to, to, you know, to or bad, bad event form, should I say? He was only there for one year, but um, you know, just some good storylines. But you know, Catlin play well again. You know, Jason, you obviously mentioned him quite a lot, so that was that was nice to see. And David Law. Zanotti and um, was it Catlin that secured the, the three spots of the Open? So, yeah. you know, it was, you know, a, a really good kind of thing to see. Espen Kostbad played well and just had that really horror one hole. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a good event and, and a nice warm up to uh, this week, which is, I believe, either one of the strongest, if not the strongest non major field, certainly for a long time, if not ever. So, uh, you know, that is part of the strategic alliance of the PGA and, and DP World Tour. We've got the best of the best from each. So, um, without further ado, let's go into the, the Scottish Open market. Uh, John Rahm and Scotty Sheffer are co-favourites at 12-1. to 1. Justin Thomas at 14-1. to 1. Xander Shoffley and Matt Fitzpatrick at 20-1. to 1. And Patrick Cantlay at 25-1. to 1. So, Jace, uh, I'll come to you first. Um this is why I ask you every week. This is what you knew I was going to ask you before the show. But any from the top that you like in the, in that range? 
this is great, isn't it? It's a fantastic event. Um, I'm not sure it's particularly when you want to get heavily involved in. Um, it's just going to be fantastic watching it. Maybe get involved in running because it's just quality, isn't it? Was it 14 out of the top 15, is it? Yeah. In the world, is it? Yeah, it's only four Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just tremendous. Um, a lot of them come over over the weekend. A lot of them are playing in Ireland. At JP McManus to get a little bit of, uh, you know, perfect timing really. So it's not, it's nice to see. I mean, having said that, obviously last year Colin Morikawa fancied and he was all over the shot before going on to win the Open. Yeah. Um, so we we could get somebody outside this lot, but it's it's pretty good, isn't it? It's it's, it's it very really very strong. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it's a, it's, a, it's a major field. This is a major, really, um, in everything but name. If I'm going to pick one from the top, uh, it's going to be Xander. Um, I, I, I don't remember being on Xander when he's won. I'm not sure. I think once, I think. All right, because I keep losing my money. <laughs> um, but for me, yeah, Xander, I mean, look, he's given it away today about how well he's playing by hitting eight under at the JP McManus in wherever in Ireland. I do, man. Um, yeah. And I believe... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I believe that um, that's Friday Cup, then, isn't it? It is. Uh, years. Um, I, I don't suppose Bit Dow was there squeaking. Um, but <laughs> no, I was. Was not. Um, it wasn't enough money, in it, was it? <laughs> um, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he was interviewed after the ninth, according to one tweet, and he said he was exhausted. Um, he dropped back from minus three to minus two. I think it was after the eighth or the ninth, and he's finished minus eight, so there's clearly very little wrong. That'd be my only worry, is whether he's exhausted by the time we get to play four days of it. But look, he was tenth here last year, um, second at Cardnoost in 2018. He obviously went into the final round in joint lead. We know he can play major tracks. His major record's fantastic. We know he can play links. Um, PGA Tour this year, um, he's eighth strokes gained approach, 31st around. I'm not going to read it out, but I will. What the hell? <laughs> 31st patting, 18 green, four strokes gained total, 12 greens in reg, fifth in birdie average, second in sand save, fifth patting average, ninth in three pat average. You know, he's pretty he good. Wasn't. He's pretty he's good at golf. Plus, he's plus seven shots um, regularly, Tita Green, over in America. Um, driving's not going to hope. Uh, will it matter this week? I don't know. Obviously, if you're totally wild, if you're Jordan Spieth wild, then yeah, you're going to have to recover. But you should be okay. And with a lot of them having a warm-up in Ireland, that's going to really help, I think. Um, I'm struggling. I mean, um, where do you see where do you see a fault? I, I, I can't see it. I mean, he won the Travellers, which is quite useful because um, when we get on to him, Lucas Herbert was top 20 in the Travellers before coming on to win the Irish and then tied fault here. Yeah. What, what do you want? I, 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 I'm, you know, it's, it's, you know, were you in doubt? He's had the rest. He's come over. He's flying. Boom. I think I think the thing with Xander Shoffley is it always like he's twenty to one every week any any event any time major non major whatever he's twenty to one every week unless the, the couple of big guys are missing twentieth uh, second forty first and twenty sixth in his four Open Championship starts so makes a cut every week every year in in the Open um, that second obviously was it Carnoustie that that was in twenty eighteen uh, yeah. you know had a chance to win that so. You know, we know he's got the links pedigree. We know he can play well in Scotland. He's obviously got a tenth here last year. So, I just I think it's almost damning of his price over the last 
whatever however many years of, of not winning and you know just not moving in a price and all of a sudden he's he's got that win got the monkey off his back and, and he's still 20 to 1 so um I, I think it's a good price i, I haven't gone there just because i don't know really i don't know i haven't but uh yeah it i think i think 20 to 1 is a good price what about you brad yeah no completely agree i, I think it's hard to look past under and he was sort of the one i was eyeing up at the top of the board but um i ended up I found that there was a lot of value a bit further down, and that's where I sort of targeted. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't get there. But I, there's such you can make such a good argument for Zander this week, and I still think 20 to one is a, a good enough price. But yeah, I, I went a bit further down, still top of the market. But I, uh, I landed on Cameron Smith. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and uh, you know me, I don't need it's, much it's, it's, been, it's been successful, Cameron Smith, with you so far, it, hasn't it? it? Has so been very successful, yeah. Um, I, I do need to, you know, I do need some convincing because Matt. We just done a DraftKings show, and he he picked Cameron Smith as his guy from the top of the salaries on there as well. And I just don't know. I don't, I don't know whether he's gone off the boil and and that oh, plus his open record. But the last time yeah. I said this to you, uh, I think he played pretty well. <laughs> I just think the course sets up quite nicely for him. I mean, if you look at the top four from last year, it was Minwoo, uh, Dietrich, Fitz, and Herbert. They all finished outside the top 48 in driving actually. And I mean, Bar Fitz, they're all big hitters. And said that I mean Fitz has definitely added a bit of distance, yeah. um, so I think it does suit the longer hitters. And you, we know with Cam this year, he's been insane on approach and around the green and on the greens as he always is. Uh, but he's been pretty uh, unreliable off the tee. Um, so uh, and we know he's a good win player. You know he's got all the shots, which means that if he does get a, he'll play from anywhere. And it, I just feel like he's the best bet at the top of the board and i don't know when, when we the four pie fires isn't there um so they have to be taken advantage of and if the wind does behave which i think it doesn't look so bad at the moment yeah um it's it's, it's quite a scorable course isn't it it is um if we if minwu won at 18 under Wiesberger at 22 under i think the year that rye won it was 11 under i think that's when the wind was up and yeah i just think just Smith has just been just brilliant bar the, the drive off the tee and driving accuracy. And I think he, that will suit him here. I mean, he's first in birdie average, second on approach, third in par five scoring, just a great wind player, has all the shots, great with the flat stick. And I mean, they're quite large greens as well. Uh, so there's going to be, you're going to have to putt well. There's, I think, like avoiding like the three putt bogeys is going to be quite big. Um, disappointing, as you said, Tom, like, US Open and the Canadian Open sort of can say he's sort of gone off the boil, but I'm going to forgive that because I think he's going to come come out firing, sort of get warmed up for the Open, and he's had that little bit of time off. So yeah, I, I think it it does set up nicely for him this week. Well, I think both the Canadian and the US Open courses just weren't Cameron Smith courses. Like no. he's he's wild off the tee, and both of those punish that if you if you get too wild and. Yeah, my only slight concern with Cameron Smith, and I always seem to have one, and it doesn't pay me off very well, but like. He he's just not shown it on links yet, which is really strange for someone of his caliber and and, yeah. and his. Oh, that's that's. I said, he hasn't got experience, has he? He's no, Scotland twice, I think. Um, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't come over for this. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, play well in the Open Championship. And you know, you look at like Leishman and Scott and Day and and what they've done. Like if he's going to be in the upper echelon of, of Australian golfers, you would expect him to add to that but i think st andrews is a good course for him uh so i think actually next week uh yeah. selfishly I'd, I'd kind of hope that he kind of didn't do anything mm-hmm. this week and, and maybe went out but um 
you know we don't really want to play that game too often because it doesn't seem to pay off to look too far ahead so it, it will be really interesting to see what he does i mean he's, he's finished 42nd in the scottish open before um yeah that was the birdie fish wasn't it i think that, yeah. that was year stone one at galane so yeah. I don't, it's weird because like I always think of Cameron Smith as someone that would tough out a really you know you know hard scoring event and birdie fest don't suit him. That's not been him uh, recently. So <laughs> yeah. it's just it's I hard to it's that. hard to he's a hard golfer to profile. But yeah. as you said, I think he's just, he's sort of the player you'd expect to show up on a Lynx golf course. So it's it's funny how he hasn't really done that. Yeah. Yet, really. we shall see. But I, th- I think I think the the price is right if you like to, mm. to figure that out that's a, that's a great game yeah. show as well um but um yeah i mean look the first guy i thought i put putting in was will zalatoris uh and then i realized that out of the six or seven golfers i'd written down he had the least amount of positives already notes full stop really i basically just said he's rested after his US open disappointment no reason to think he won't like the course and the field is major-esque which he tends to prosper in Good press, uh, prep the open and expects a good week. But then I didn't really have much to build on that, and I don't know that he would actually perform any better here than he would uh, at St Andrews. And again, maybe just dangerous to look ahead. But it's weird because his form is just so good, you expect him to, to play well. But uh, I actually landed on Hideki Matsuyama again, and the reason being, like fourth and third in two of his last three starts, the fourth came at the US Open. Um, he's finished inside the top 18 at the Open Championship three times, and his best finish came at Muirfield when he was sixth, and the other one was 18th for St Andrews, where he was tied 10th at the halfway stage and only four back. So he's played well in Scotland. Um, he's been first and third in recent starts in strokes gained approach, so his iron play is obviously there. My one concern with him, and I seem to have one on every single one of my picks, which is a negative Nelly attitude, but... I just, I just think that the final round 62 at Byron House and the final round 65 at the US Open might just, you know, skew what he's done of late. So, um, proceeding with a little bit of caution, but I thought the 33 to one for his caliber of player, who's proven it on links, um, has proven it for, you know, years now, uh, was a pretty decent price. So I like Hideki Matsuyama uh, at that number. Um, and then it's kind of like a bit of a, a bit of a lull here, like. Hovland's been struggling, Sung Jae-im's struggling, doesn't necessarily profile great mm. for me, Joaquin Neiman, Max Homer. And then you've got Ryan Fox in here, who opened at 66 to 1, then he was 55 to 1, then he was 50, and then he starts getting to 40, and I start to question whether the value is still there. I just expect him to open at 40 and, and has to have a decision to make, but it's ridiculous. He, overca- he overcame the you know the previous poor start at the Irish Open to... You know, contend last week. He's finished in sub top three in three of his last six events. He had three straight top 15 finishes before that. He'd, he'd obviously won. He's got fourth and sixth place finishes in the Scottish Open in the past on Dundonald and Gallane, which, you know, isn't necessarily similar test, but in Scotland and Lynx Golf. Um, he's fifth over the last eight weeks in strokes gain approach. Um, and even when you adjust for the field strength on, on tour tips, he's top 10 in the field in current form and not mm. priced that way. So, um, I found Ryan Fox the hardest to leave out, and I still might go for him. Jason, any thoughts on Ryan Fox? Uh, I suggest you get on next week. Yeah. He, I don't know if he's still up. I doubt it now. He's but, not now, no. Um, that, that he, was, be... he was 100. He was triple digits, wasn't he, last time I looked? Uh, but I doubt that he, has, he is anymore. For the yeah. yeah. He, he's, um, so he was as long as 150 to start the week, and that was probably the way to play him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know someone that... You know, on 150, and, and quite right, really. Um, I, I've got no opinion. He's he's flying, isn't he? I mean, I to be honest, he could be on four wins by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Definitely. if I was really crabby, 
it would be I mean I, I think on a normal event now we you know we're now looking at it being going off twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um and therefore the win chance you know may not be so attractive. Um the question is whether the you know the, the upgrade um you know what's that worth in terms of price? Yeah. He's flying like the bloke's flying, he absolutely loves links, he smacks it a mile. Um which won't do him any harm here, to be honest with you. He's straight enough now. What, yeah. what can you do? He's so, he's so obvious that you he just is. think it, it's got to end at some point. Yeah. But these are his conditions. There's a few others that I won't be putting up that you might, that we tend to literally are go to when it's links. Um, you know, people like Lager Grin and stuff like that, that they're literally go tos. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to be one, Ryan Fox, but he certainly used to be one at 80 and 90 or one. I'm struggling at the price, but and I, I really he's he's beaten by lesser individuals than you know. It's it's fine if we just say okay, there's only Xander and Scotty here, for example. Yeah. When you're talking about a whole heap of them, and and whilst he's playing well, he's struggling to he's getting beat by lesser mortals. Yeah. Then uh, mm. I, I do think that, that I, I'm not sure where the where the win margin is, I, I don't think he can beat this field. No, I, I agree with that. I think I think that's why I'm struggling so much with the price crash. Like I think it's representative of the higher amount of places and the eight and ten places and, and things on offer. But I'm pretty sure he opened up at he was at least forty, he maybe did. fifty for ten places, Brad. Um, yes, yeah, he was definitely he was fifty he was fifty eight place eight places for a long while. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think that was fair enough, Brad. I think that is oh, the value definitely. that you want. That's, that's, Definitely, as JST is flying, I mean, hitting the ball better than ever, and he's just someone you can't really rule out at the moment because he's just contending. You, maybe, maybe he's exhausted. Maybe he just wants to keep winning and just like ride this hot hand. You know, he's he's obviously found something huge at the moment, and he's 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 great to watch. He's, just... he's fulfilling that potential that he's had for a long time at this yeah. level, and it, it is interesting to see whether he can make the step up. Because with this alliance and top ten players getting in the PGA Tour cards, I guess next season or the season after, like even everyone a boost prime yeah. candidate for it, isn't he? So straight up. Um, yeah. Then I've got a couple of guys that, that I had to sort of consider, and one was Fleetwood, and one was Hatton. And I went with Hatton in the end, and. I know the negatives. I know that you know he's not in the best form. Um, but you look, he's a two-time Dunhill Links winner. He should mm-hmm. be a three-time winner. He's actually got two seconds there. So two wins, two seconds in the Dunhill Links. Um, if you look at just his DP World Tour starts, he's made 10 of his last 12 cuts. He's won twice. He's finished second at that Dunhill Links, and he's got four more top eight finishes. So every time he comes back to this tour, he's absolutely fine. Um, two of those come earlier in, in the desert earlier this year as well. Um, even when he's been poor he's sort of shown flashes at the pj championship and the heritage 14th and 8th on this golf course second fourth and ninth in the scottish open in general so just feels like a guy that will just put form out the window i think mm. and come back here now i sort of said the same about Mimu lee last week that like let's, let's just not consider his current form and see if he can drop down at a big price and i'm applying the same to tyrell hatton brad which is dangerous yeah um he's... but i think he's big enough to find oh, out yeah, I mean they're just they're link specialists, aren't they? Both him and Fleetwood. It's just yeah, they've drifted to quite a nice price given their form recently. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of appeal at that price. And uh, yeah, it's just you wouldn't be surprised if Hatton was to just 
show up this week. We yeah, wouldn't. I mean, bookmakers are not taking a chance on Fleetwood next week, and they haven't really taken a chance on here this week either. Jason, I heard you sort of chuckling when I mentioned those two names. Was there any thoughts on Fleetwood or Hatton? Well, they're just off. It's, it's your classic, uh, I think, you know, we've said it before, where, um, I've used it with Brooks many times, where, and Rory, actually, when he won. Yeah. It's like, they are too big. I, I don't fancy, I mean, I think Fleetwood, actually, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's on price. Um, but he's not playing well enough to justify it. It's just what we know. Yeah. What we know is perfectly covered. Till and I think, you know, I don't know. Again, it's too, it's, it is too big. I mean, he shouldn't be bigger than Keaton Bradley on the Lynx course, really, should he? No. Not Connors. I mean, he just shouldn't. Um, and Homer, really, as much as we love him, yeah, he shouldn't be shorter than, than or the same price Fleetwood, but he sh- originally he shouldn't be shorter than him and Hatton. It's just, you know, oh, you've got to you've got to go back, haven't you, to um, to think of their best and and looking at you know, what players have done certainly over the last three years coming here. Yeah, um, they've had decent events. You know, um, obviously you've got uh, yeah, they're there. Keep talking. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> got, it's interesting uh, Aaron because Rye was, Aaron Rye obviously was placed in Ireland. Yeah. Before winning here, Herbert. you've got uh, Lucas Herbert who was placed. You've got. Um, Oh, I can't find it now. What did, anyway, what did Beesberger do before he, he won here? He was sure. Irish. I, he was second in the Irish. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he had plenty. Of, you know, he had plenty of form in the right place. But he was second in the Irish before before winning here. Obviously, should have got beat, but you know, that was Benjamin Hebert. Uh, Aaron Rye was second in Ireland. Um, he came with you know with uh, Scottish Open form. Minwoo Lee was seventeenth in Ireland. You know, on his first mm-hmm. look, and he's got Scottish Open form. So. Um, I'm not sure that you can come with nothing, especially with a major class field. But who knows? They are big. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And I think it was a really hard decision for me to include Hatton on, on a lot of that because I think one, like, it, you'd almost, you know, he missed the cut of the Irish Open. It's not like he didn't even play it. He missed the cut and, and didn't show anything, which is a little bit concerning. But he's four under in this little program thing in, in Ireland. That's obviously a decent enough field. I don't think it necessarily means a lot, but, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a bonus. Um, I just I just thought the number was too big. Like if I got to the end of the week and until what happens in contention, I'd probably kick myself just because of his Scottish uh, form. Um, but yeah, and then there's two players here that I think we're sort of all gonna have uh, a little chat about, um, especially you, Jason. I think Aaron Ryan, Lucas Herbert, are two players that kind of have the same path to victory. And uh, you've chosen Aaron Ryan, I've chosen Lucas Herbert. So. I'll let you talk with Aaron Rye first. Oh, I like I like both. I like yeah. both. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean Aaron Rye. Simply years now. Um, he's playing the obvious, and, and as you say, if you look at that running to winning this tournament, hmm. and it doesn't matter that that was you know Aaron Rye won in horrendous conditions. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. I remember Fleetwood played with Porter, absolutely mm-hmm. bombed it down. It, most other places they would have called it off, but it's the Scottish Open, so you've got to play in it. Um, came off absolutely drenched um, and Tommy Fleetwood said you know I don't know what people are moaning for you know we get paid a lot of money and I love it yeah um, oh, how the live how the live <laughs> top, uh, not to say that now um, but anyway so he came off he loved it Aaron Rye obviously beat him in a playoff Rye was brilliant but that is Aaron Rye um, but we are looking for a lot of win this week really um, to, to get his accuracy um, advantage really um but he's been. It was ninth last week. He played really, really well. Um, he was second in Ireland before winning here a couple of years ago. Uh, he's won in Kenya, which, for whatever reason, 
doesn't obviously doesn't compare. Yeah. But has that does have that feel that you've got to be, you know, really on your metal tee to green. He's got third in the Scottish Championship, top ten in the Scottish Open, 2018. When he won in Hong Kong in 2018, he beat Fitzpatrick, Perez, uh, Sergio, who nobody talks to anymore, was in sixth. <laughs> Tommy was in 14th. So, you know, just interesting fields that he's beating, uh, proper fields. Um, and he's bounced back to form. I mean, we've been talking about him in America and not in the same vein as um, Christian. Yeah. Uh, Christian, as we know. You know, we've been talking in the same vein. Uh, when he can find the right track, but he doesn't seem to be finding the right track over there at the moment for whatever reason. Um, and that best, at, um, you know, at the farmers really not something I could have possibly seen. No. I think he's, he's had, no, you know, the last sort of three of the last four tournaments. You know, Travelers Memorial, Charles Schwab. I would have thought they'd have been more up his street. Um, Texas, Texas has played well, hasn't he? Had a, had a chance at the yeah. final round. Um, he's playing well. He's not. I mean, over there he isn't the grade, uh, but he's back over here. Of course, he loves more win the better. You know, seventy at one for a top ten place. I think is uh, is very fair. You know, thirteenth in Canada behind Rory. You know, it's 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 getting towards top class, isn't it? Um, and it's, you know, I think you know, having come back for the Irish, it sets him up lovely. Yeah. No, I like a lot of that. I think for he's me, also yeah. He, sorry, also he's not in the Open, is he? He missed out on qualification. He missed out on yeah. And it's that last week, so he's got a massive uh, incentive. Massive, um, how how many places do they get in this field for the, the Open Child? I can't remember. Top is it top three, three? Those who aren't already qualified. Right, so there, there's so probably seventh or something. Yeah, there's probably five or six places, maybe seven or eight places to up for grabs uh, with that. So um, you'd think if, if your each way payout pays out, he'll probably have an open spot. But um, I just the only reason I gave Herbert the edge is just because those fourth place finishes back to back have come in the sort of he's done it in the lower scoring um, and I just thought that maybe Rye relied on that really tough atmosphere the one time and it is like you said earlier that he's actually paid off so um, he's, you know he was a halfway leader here in 2020 Herbert and he shot 79 that's that third mm-hmm. round and then shot 64 to kind of bolt himself up the leaderboard and you know I just he loves a repeat performance everywhere he looks. He's he's got two top finishes at the same places. Um, I actually think he's a little bit. The stats might not say it, and, and maybe even the finishes don't say it. But I think he's a little bit more consistent. Uh, you know, at, even at the PGA Tour level, he just seems to seems to show it. Like he's had that seventh at the Bay Hill. He he was thirteenth at the PGA Championship. Nothing great at the forty eighth place finishes at Charles Schwab Memorial, but they're tough fields. Um, yeah, I just I just really trust Lucas Herbert now. I just think he's a different player these days. Uh, he finished top ten last week without having his best stuff. wasn't good uh, in approach. And although the argument is that he relies too much on his short game, that's just who he is. And you know, it's just you know it's repeatable. He does it all the time. So a um, couple of shots better yesterday, and he'd, he'd have been you know top six or seven. You think okay, that could have that could have changed things a little bit uh, in terms of people's perception. So. Um, liked both, but went with Lucas Herbert in the end uh, on that one. Um... Folks, sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the king of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. 
It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. Brad, Robert McIntyre is in this sort of same range as well. The same um, range. Someone that yep. you like. I just... I'll, obviously, I'm going to let you go into it. But, like, does it just feel like... I mean, it doesn't matter with betting. This is more like a DraftKings mm. thing because, like, you know, you, a million people could be on 80 to 1. It doesn't matter as long as you're, you're on as well. But, like, is it because that 80 to 1, eight places stands out so much over everything else that kind of caught your eye? Because other than that, I don't, I don't know if I trust him at the moment. That's my concern. Yeah, I get that because it hasn't been a great year for him. You know, so a lot of people probably would have expected him to sort of push on with his development since he won in Cyprus and performances in, in the majors. But, there's definitely been like some encouragement. I mean, obviously last week was his best finish in a while. Yeah. Uh, tied 13th. Um, I think that was his best finish since the Raz back in February. It was, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's, he left it to the last round to hit his irons the best. Like, he ranked 17th in the field on approach, which is, is encouraging because they've been pretty poor recently. And uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that this performance, that, you know what he's like, he's so patriotic. I'm hoping this performance might give him the confidence that he can contend coming into his National Open. I mean, he's played here three times before, 18th, 14th, um, missed cut, which is decent enough. And as I already alluded to, he's, he's, he'll be as mo- motivated as anyone to win in this field. I know that's not, that can sometimes be the, uh, an Achilles heel if you want it that much, you know. But uh, I just think that He's got the talent. Recent form is a little bit concerning, but as I said earlier, I think that performance last week was enough for me to jump on. And uh, yeah, easy guy to get behind, obviously. So. Yeah, I think I think the thing with McIntyre is I actually think it's a positive for him to be in Scotland. Like a lot of people struggle in their home opens and stuff like that, but I just he's he gonna has, love it. Yeah, he just has so many creature comforts. Loves living at home. He said even if he got on the PJ Tour full time, he'd probably still live in Oban or wherever it is that he lives in the middle of nowhere. Um, just you know, just seems to relish playing in front of the home crowd. My one slight concern with like the 14th and 18th, but they were like a little bit never there, never really had a chance of winning. And mm-hmm. like even the 14th came in that really tougher weather, and I thought that might benefit him. So you know, weather can change like a flip of a hat, especially in Scotland. So if you know Wednesday comes around and suddenly you know high winds and stuff are, are forecast, and I imagine he'll you know drop down in the betting and I imagine he'll drop down in the betting anyway because he'll become more popular over the next couple of days especially with sort of like yeah. casual fans sort of betting him so um, I think it's a good time to secure the price I think the 80 to 1 8 places is fine um, just I just, I just don't, know. I don't know if he's 
playing with him. No, honestly, I mean, if it weren't, I wouldn't be over him. I've been very, like, I'm a big fan of his. I've been pretty disappointed with what I've seen um, recently. And honestly, it was only that performance last week that really caught my eye. And I thought, here we go. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bet him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> his numbers and there's enough encouragement there. So it was just uh, 80 to 1. It's, it's a good enough price for me. Yeah, I get it. I, I think that it's not too hard to justify Robert McIntyre in this event, I don't think. Um, the one that sort of I thought about and just, again, there's, there's probably about 50 players this week that I thought about and, and had to go elsewhere, but I don't know what to do with Haotong. Like, I don't know if he's ever you know, going to get straight over that kind of outpouring of emotion after his last win. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, so that helps. But, like, I just think about Haotong. Like, he played really well at the Open Championship. I know that was in Liverpool, I think it was, rather than, than Scotland. But, like, he's played well in the Scottish Open before he's got a, a 23rd where he was sick at the halfway stage and he was 14th on this golf course a couple of years ago which is pretty impressive considering the form that he was in and I just think back to like last year and he was dog shit for basically forever um, you know I can't well, I haven't even counted up because I can't count that quickly off the top of my head but it must have been 14 or 15 missed cuts in a row Yeah. and then he finishes 14th for the Dunhill links and I just think that's huge like it just shows to me that like Links gives him really good kind of feels. You know, he, he likes playing in the UK in general. Um, he relishes these kind of bigger fields. I mean, like I say, he was third at that, that major championship. He was seventh in his home uh, WGC. He's, he was a halfway leader at the, the PGA, and everyone kept, you know, mocking him. for the US range. Open as well. Yeah, after the US Open. So, like, I just I thought the way he's hitting the ball, the way he's come back, the way he looks comfortable with performing well again. The only thing I looked at, was like the two times that he's won on the PJ Tour, uh, on the DP World Tour before this, miscut both times on his next start. And I just wonder if that's going to be a pattern, especially for someone that that did so well after so long out. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's a really like if you get to the end of the week, he's a guy that like if he's contending, you go, oh, he was 100 to one at the start of the week. He's just won and he's got a really high pedigree, and especially on links. So it it would be a hard one to justify why he didn't do it. I think, but. Um, not necessarily enough positives. Uh, more, more just trying to avoid the negatives of why didn't I do it rather than anything else. Um, and then we've got two guys here at 125 to one uh, that I want to talk about. One for you, Brad, in uh, Luke List. Yeah, really like Luke List. Uh, 125 to one. Uh, yet to really put in a performance uh, since he won at the Farmers until last time out, yep. which was the Travellers, and he finished tied 19th led the field on approach and gained over four strokes in his final round where he closed with 65. Sort of similar to what we were seeing towards the end of last year and the start of this one. I know you were uh, keen on him a lot of the time, weren't you, Tom? I was. And uh, as we know, he's just one of the longest hitters um, going, so I think he'll be able to take advantage of this on this course. And if he couples that with similar approach numbers from last time out, um, I'm sure he's going to give himself lots of birdie opportunities. It's going to need the weather to sort of not get severe because I think he will struggle if it does. But um, he's got that tied third, uh, not at this course, but in his only ever Scottish Open appearance back in 2018, uh, which obviously is... Galane, was it it Galane? Yeah, Galane, Galane golf course, yeah. I mean, that bodes well. And yeah, I just think if if the wind isn't that severe, like I said, the course becomes gettable and... That, that was enough encouragement in his, in his last start to sort of jump back on. Yeah, I think he's definitely the type that 
he wants the weather forecast to stay like it is. Like he wants an open championship like Colin Morikawa had last year, where you know he can point and shoot and basically be a dome event. Um, not necessarily what you know us you know punters want to see or fans, but you know that at the end of the day these guys have, have got you know an event to win. They don't really care how they do it. So mm-hmm. on top of that kind of traveller's uh, performance, he was pretty impressive at the Memorial as well, wasn't he? I think he yeah. um, led that after round one. Uh, there as well so he I think even in the Scottish Open he opened with 63 and opened with 64 when he finished third so like he's just capable of firing those really low rounds so I think each way value I think Luke List is very good I don't know that he would win in this strength of field after how hard it's been for him over X amount of years but um, you know he, he beat Wills Allosaurus in the Farmers and plenty of other decent players so um, absolutely fine with me Luke List I'm going to come on to Victor Perez, and I think, Chase, you'll, you'll probably want to speak to him as well. Um, but hidden course form, I think, at this golf course. Like, 28 from course debut, but he shot three rounds of 68 to open, and then a final round 66, uh, which is really, really solid. Um, 2020, he was 14th, but he'd shot a third round 74. And then last season, he'd come off, he'd missed four straight cuts, and they were at the Masters, PJ Championship Memorial, and US Open. So, like, really big events, really different preparation, all in the States. Um, and then just sort of had to come in this event and try and find it and, and obviously couldn't but this time around he's been first and third in recent starts and even when he was 53rd last time out he was 21st after 54 holes so like he's just playing some really solid golf we know he's obviously won that Dunhill Links, which is only a bonus uh, so like Scotland and I just thought that I mean he was 150 to when I typed all this up but I think 125 to 1 is still uh, plenty fair enough I think that he's still 125 on still eight places. So um, I wouldn't want to get under triple digits, but I think anything triple digits and above uh, is, is plenty fair enough on Victor Perez. But any additional thoughts to that, Chase? No, you've basically said everything I've written down. Obviously, when he won the Dutch, he beat Ryan Fox and Aidan Moronk. You can't get better European yeah. form than that, really. Yeah, um, yeah you basically said it. It's, there's a lot of hidden stuff. There's a lot of good stuff going on. His second at Wentworth, I say it every single time he comes on, yeah. was the best iron performance I've, I've ever seen. You know, mm. apart, you know, basically apart from the very, very top. Um, yeah, you've said what you, you know, he should love it. Um, the worry about is, is whether he's gone um, a little bit again, but I don't know why. You know, obviously he lives there, doesn't he now? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's coming into the, off the third of the European Open, which I'll go into later, which I actually think might be better than, than we think in terms of form. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think that's very fair. I mean, can I just put a couple of words about other stuff that you've said yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, Al Lee, I think um, I think next week you, you might see a very, very good performance mm-hmm. um, from Lee um, over that. So, yeah, I, I think he needs probably an, uh, that week to get over what he did. Yeah. You know, um, I don't swear in front of my kids, honestly. Um, <laughs> he didn't actually have a lot of watching. But there we are. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you on Perez. I think 125 is very, very fair to look at, and you know, top. Um, so I think he could win the top same name as Idiot on Live Tour. So, <laughs> yes, there's uh, there's certainly different Perez's in in the world of golf right now, isn't there? And uh, I don't think Victor's going to turn up with a money printed polo shirt uh, for this one. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I take your point on how long that it could be something to look at next week. Um, another additional week to kind of get over it. Uh, maybe a little bit more focus on a major championship over, uh, you know, regular tour event. Is he definitely in the Open? 
he is. No, he is. Yeah, I've just found him. With a win, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just just found him. 150 to 1. So price is not too much different. That's that's the only thing I would say. Um, But Perez as well, back to him, like the ball striking seems, even when he's gone off the boil a little bit, like the ball striking has been good enough. 35th last time out when he was, um, you know, outside the top 50. So um, I like plenty about Victor Perez. Um, before we come on to your your long shot of the week, Jason, there's going to be some that we're going to talk about uh, towards the end. But um, Johannes Veerman for me was one of the first names that I was really intrigued by. 175 to one, eight places. It's he's he's a guy that I kind of given up when he's 25 to one, 33 to one, 40 to one even. But like he finished eighth here on his course debut last year, grew into the event. He started with a 17 and then shot 67, 67, 65, folded himself into the top 10. He's got three straight top 24 finishes, including last week in Ireland. Uh, and again, he just improved as the week went on. I think he was 70, 69, 67, 67. Um, if he can find it, I think the, the trouble is you've got to look at it two ways. He's either playing really well despite some disappointing irons, and you could be encouraged that if he finds his irons going to be really good, or you think his irons are not mm. good enough and he's not playing with enough practice. It's a really hard conundrum, that one, I think. No, but I completely agree. <clears throat> he definitely stands out. In the triple digits, I, I really like the look of him as well this week, and he's been solid, as you said, three top twenty-four finishes. And I just think there's still a lot more to come from Veerman. I think I love watching him. I think he's quite calculated, and yeah, I, I, I think there's so much potential. I think we haven't we've still got a lot to see of him. And if, if he's, like you said, he's had that eighth here on his debut. Um, why not? Like he, he might not win it, but it's the, the each way value is there. For sure. Yeah, that's that. I mean, look, when you get into this range, I think you are looking at basically each way value only. And, you know, some of the people want to go to the 10 Blazers and just take 100 to 1 and hope he sneaks the top 10. But, like, you know, I, I have a little bit more hope that he can finish inside the top 8 and, and that sort of thing. But, um, hey guys, just a quick break from the Scottish Open preview to talk to you about Athletic Greens again and their superb AG1 product. Now I first heard about this product on another goal show that you all might be aware of and was intrigued from the offset really um, as this was a drink that sounded like it would give me all the vitamins, minerals, whole food ingredients and adaptations that I needed and you know with my lifestyle and the way that I juggle my time it doesn't really leave much room to schedule vitamin intake throughout the day so the one scoop solution suited me to the ground. You know you're absorbing 75 of the ingredients I just referenced and I've certainly noticed a difference. I spoke before about how it helped when I was feeling unwell with a cold and flu symptoms um, on top of jet lag and now I'm using it alongside my sort of gym routines and I'm really starting to notice the increased energy benefits so I've had friends and family try it over the past couple of weeks which is important to me they're sending positive feedback and you know that means I'm not just endorsing a product that you know I haven't found beneficial to me and my friends so I love the price point it may seem a lot of first but it's less than three pounds or dollars a day depending on where you're based and the benefits you get from this over a coffee it really is a no-brainer so with over seven thousand five hundred five-star reviews it's not just me who's enjoying it either so you should really just get involved in the product uh, if you want a lifestyle friendly solution to better sleep quality recovery and uh, mental clarity as well so right now it's time to reclaim your health and your immune system with this convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water each day and you're set no need for millions of different pills and supplements to improve your health, which suits me perfectly. 
So to make it all easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. The travel packs have been a huge benefit to me, especially when I, I went away for business, and uh, they should work for you too, so that's a great bonus. All you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW to claim these free gifts with your first purchase. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. But Jace, come on to Calais Samoya, who is 400 to 1 heat places, uh, which seems a really good price. Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting he's going to win. Hmm. uh, Brad, did you put him up when he won? No. No, oh, no. You did. oh, sorry, okay. Um, <laughs> you, you did put him up. I'm sure you put him up. Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, wait. Oh, it's a measure like last, uh, the week, two weeks. It's the BMW, yeah. Yes, yeah. sorry. Oh, okay. So, anyway, um, yeah, it's Samoya. Um, got a feeling he's going to do something like Benjamin Hebert did and just do a little bit better than yeah. people think. Um, but, okay, overall, um, Qatar, which um, I, everybody likes as uh, a link. We won't say Portugal because Martin will get the up if he still listens. Um, <laughs> So Qatar, he's got the two top fives, uh, top five obviously this year, um, back in March when he was second in greens in reg, uh, as he was at the European when he won it at Green Eagle. He was seventh in approaches there and second in the European. But um, so I think there's a there's some kind of um, correlation between between the two. He was top ten uh, last year, 2020. Was it 2020? He was top ten, yeah. 2020, yeah. Yeah, it was raining. Um, and he was still top 20 in 2019. Uh, that was before his, his win. So uh, we know he can play both conditions, won't matter. Um, again, I'm not sure how relevant Kenyan form is, but he has got a top six there back in 2019, which lies in with right. But the thing that, that, that intrigued me was his win at Green Eagle. Um, what's that look? Just a month ago or something. Uh, fourth was um, Joachim Lagergren, who obviously had a big chance of winning that. Yeah. Um, it's completely down the stretch. Absolutely, it's go to. In fifth was um, Brandon Stone, who won the Scottish Open in 2018. Ty Smith was Dodo, who was... Uh, OK, you've got to go back a bit, but he won the Scottish Open. He's won Glen Eagles. He's got second in the Irish Open. Um, he was also second in the 2021 European Open. And in tenth was obviously Tommy, who was second to right. Um, if you go back when he was top 20, he was tied 18th in 2021 at Green Eagle. Thomas Dietrich was second. Um, he obviously got beaten in a playoff here last year. Benjamin Hebert was tied seventh. He doesn't do an awful lot, but he appears there. Um, Hebert obviously lost the playoff to Wiesberger at, uh, first out in here in 2019. Dodo was tied second. We've already been through him. Matthew Southgate, who used to be um, the go-to on links. He probably could as well here. Um, if you want to take a, a, a giant leap. Yep. He's only got links form. Um, and when he was tied seventh at uh, European Open back in uh, at Bad Riebisch, whatever it's called, um, uh, Ross Fisher uh, and Lex Levy headed the thing. Fisher's obviously a uh, Lynx um, specialist. Beesberger was sixth. Fleetwood was 13th. So I think there's something in the European Open that that either I'm completely wrong <laughs> or but I always take a, you know, you've got to take a different view, haven't you? Yep. Well, I've got a feeling there's something in that. And mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting he's going to win. Um, but I'm certainly going to be looking at top 10, top 20, top, you know, top person called Samoya. Um, I don't know. I might win that uh, one. Top fin. Uh, I just think there's something there. I mean, he was, he, you know, when he won, he was, he's done it before, hasn't he? He's got in contention before. I know, you know, I think both of you have probably been on him at bigger prices, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, regular tour events. And he's got there and he hasn't quite done it. There's always been something wrong. So yeah. that monkey off his back now is going to, you know, that eases him in for two years. 
missed the cut last week. But it was a 70 in the first round. It was shocking, second round. We know that. Um, don't know. Maybe. I just thought there was something there. And, and at 400 to 1 or whatever he is, and whatever he's going to be, for top 20, he's going to be 12, 14 to 1, top 20, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to have a go. Yeah, I think, you know, you've been very, very forthright with it. You, you don't expect him to win. So the top 20 is obviously the play. Um, but with eight places on offer, we see these kind of guys sneak into these places, don't we? And, you know, yeah. I, I think Calais and Moy can do it. Interestingly enough, you mentioned a couple of players now that want to reel off, you know, in quick time, really. Brandon Stone uh, sort of appeals to me a little bit. I mean, he's playing okay in that JP McManus thing, is, yeah. um, which I, I don't really care about, but I think... I don't know how much stock you can put into no, it. No, basically, basically You'd rather see him under par than over par, wouldn't you? Exactly <laughs> well, you'd rather, you'd, Yeah, I mean, you'd rather see him at eight under than three over and... and yeah. Uh, the ball up on the green and get disqualified, isn't it? Absolutely that. So yeah. I think I think he's he's showing signs a lot. You just mentioned, um, you know, in Germany, he's back to about fifth and fifteenth place finishes. He's then finished forty sixth last week in the Irish Open, which you know is not is not massive, but it seems solid enough. I think he actually elevates uh, himself stone when it comes to you know more traditional you know links. He's obviously won this Scottish Open back in twenty eighteen, different golf course. Um, plays obviously well in, in South Africa. You, you don't want to go too much on the the Portugal Masters thing, but he's got the second there. Um, yeah, I just I just thought Stone was of interest at kind of 301. We know he's he wins these kind of Rolex events uh, in the past, and he, he might just be getting fed up of seeing his his you know, compatriots winning four million every week and try and get himself an invite on that. I don't know. Um, Joking laugh, we you you've just mentioned is is Link's, uh, you know, specialist. And he was top 10 last week in the field in strokes gained approach, uh, gained over six strokes with his irons. And, I, you know, he, he, the trouble is now is that you've got to, and it depends how you're going to handicap it because the course form might mean completely little when it comes to the strength of field this time around. But, like, he missed his first cut here. Then he... Opened with a 68 to sit 14th um, after round one in 2020, and uh, then just basically went off the boil. But last year, 35th, I thought was solid enough. And this is a guy that we know can play well um, in the Scottish Open. So, um, you know, particularly interested in, in Joachim Lagergren at a massive price. But other than that, um, you know, not too sure where to go um, in the the big odds. But Brad, any more for you in in the runners? No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm trying, there's a few names in there that I'm sort of like keeping an eye on. Um, just like the this classic Bio Kim, Ju Young Kim, who are just coming over from like the Asian tour. But that's more not to bet on, but just out of uh, just don't know how they're going to fare. And uh, but yeah, other than that, all good. Yeah, it's it's just really hard, isn't it, to know whether any of these have got a chance. You know what I mean? Like we we've, we've seen mm. better players, um, you know, players in massive prices go really well recently. Um, you know, Will Besselings, Ewan Ferguson's, Jack yeah. Seniors, you know, they're all huge prices and you know, senior I mean I I couldn't back on senior to win after uh, last week's escapades, but um, you know, again, just for someone that might be a top ten, top twenty play, um, he could be of interest. So um I think that just about summarises where I'm at with, with the Scottish Open but so um yeah, I think that, that does us for the week. We'll uh, summarise our picks there. So nothing else from you, Brad. Jace has somehow dropped off of the podcast uh, due to technical difficulties. 
Um, but just to summarise his picks uh, for the Scottish Open, he's got Xander Schauffele, Aaron Rye, Lucas Herbert, Victor Perez and Kale Samoya. Um, Brad, do you just want to summarise your picks on the Scottish Open for us? Yeah, I've got Cameron Smith, 28-1, to 1, but I think he's actually drifted to 30-1 now with William yeah. Hill, which is bloody good. Um, and Robert McIntyre, 80-1, to 1, and Luke List at 125-1. to 1. Yeah, I like that. There's been some breaking news since uh, since we lost Jason and since we've uh, you know been taking a break. But the Scottish Open or well the DP World Tour itself uh, has lost an appeal uh, to have Ian Poulter, Adrian Otegi and Justin Harding uh, removed from the field based on their their live rebel status. Um, so they are, as it stands, looking like they're going to get added to the field. Um, mm which takes them above 156 into 159. So interesting to see how that works out there. Um, but that's huge, Brad. I mean, that, I yeah. mean, it's not, the, not the, the three biggest players in the field, but, you know, Ian Poulter comes with his own kind of appeal to fans and he's an influential mm-hmm. member of, of, of things. And Otegi and Harden have obviously been in decent form this season. So um, yeah. interesting they've got themselves back in. Yeah, I'm surprised if it's just it's just them three. Yeah. I a few more might have... <clears throat> I just, I just well, wonder cause... if they've like that. There's been others that have just not tried. Like, I mean, I think Poulter was yeah. back over, you know, in, you know, the UK anyway, uh, for this kind of little stretch and wanted to play if he could. Um, I'm guessing the likes of, you know, DJ and that that played in, you know, the live event in Portland, obviously just stayed in America for an extra week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised with the likes of like, um, maybe even Brandon Grace and Ustays and that that would probably like a, a decent warm up. Um, for the Open, I, I guess there's not too much. Sam Horsfield, maybe Kymer, you know those types. Westwoods, Cantor as well. Yeah, you'd expect them to kind of come in and, and try it. I know that Poulter would. Uh, I know that Ulam would play in it if he, uh, you know, had a sniff of thinking he'd get in, but not sure he'd get in on field strength anyway. So um, interesting development, but we shall see how that one goes. But um, a quick nod uh, to Barbasol Championship bets uh, we're mm. not going to go too far into this we're not going to uh, you know break it down i'm just going to give you uh and first of all I'm just going to give you sort of jason's picks um and then i'm going to give a couple myself and then brad will come on to you but jason's yep. gone with pat and kaziah ryan armor brian stewart scott brown and bryce garnett um as you know jason would have had a million ties to a lot of different courses for those and that there would have been plenty of good reasons for them so um we will get those off of him and, and maybe tweet them out but um yeah, those, those are the five guys that he's gone with, Brad. But did you find as many as five bets in this event? Uh, I did. I found, I found six. Uh, but I've got three here that I'm uh, willing to talk about. I went yeah. on Pat and Kasaya as well with Jason. Um, I thought 30 to 1. It's pretty decent. I mean, it's, it's really tough to pull a trigger on, on anyone up the top, but he certainly just made the most appeal. He's been really poor since the Heritage um, and it's only until last week um, he made just three three cuts with his best finish coming at the Travellers, which was tied 64th. So I'm hoping he's turned a corner. Well, at least I'm banking on the fact that he's turned a corner with that performance. Um, he finished tied 16th at the John Deere Classic, ranked 15th on approach. Something to build on. He's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour, which is something the majority of the players in the field can boast. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He, he hasn't played here, but it's, it just feels as though it's the sort of course I can see him turning up on. It's quite easy. And yeah, just who I landed on at the top. Yep, no, I like that. Um, I, th- I think it's just one of those, like, I think I took 
pattern because it was either Kazara or Swafford. I never know which way around it is. They're both for the same person, aren't they? So um, I took one of those in these kind of weak field events, thinking that you know he was too good for it, and there was a bit of a drop down, and it didn't really work. But that's not necessarily to say anything other than that. I thought for me, if I was going to go someone from the top, it was Mark Hubbard. Um, he was someone that caught my eye last week uh, before the Travellers, and he's just been really solid. Like he was twentieth here last year. Um, his ball striking is just really, really good at the moment. Like he's seventh best in this field over the last eight weeks, which probably doesn't sound great considering who's in it. But you know, the, the other guys that are above him are kind of guys that haven't played as many events. So um, one of them is Frederick Croy that's been playing on the DP World Tour, which doesn't really count. One of them is Andres Romero, who's got one missed cut. So um, he obviously just had a good ball striking week elsewhere. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the fact that I would say he's probably the most reliable ball striker in the field in decent form and play well on the course. Parts, yeah, just, just really solid. And you think what those 10th and 15th and 25th place finishes and all that that he's had recently translate to uh, in a field strength like this uh, yeah, exactly is going to be that. considered. Definitely. I so I, I think he's he's been knocking on the door and 13th last week at the John Deere, um, 32nd at Byron Nelson, 12th at the Corn Ferry event, like 9th again at the Corn Ferry. Like he had that really good run to near the Corn Ferry. We finished like 5th, 9th, 12th. He was 15th for the Honda. All a little yep. bit, you know, all a little bit of a time ago now, but uh, seems to be rounding back into that form. I think he's made six straight cuts, uh, five of those yep. been on the PJ Tour. So Mark Hubbard for me, um, not too much else on that. I, I, I don't even know if I like it enough at 25 to 1, but like if I was going to play someone at the top, uh, it would be him. Mm hmm. Uh, yep. Josh Teterbred was someone that you liked. Yes, I think he might be my favourite of the bunch. Um, he's now applying his trade on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, backed him a couple of times this year, actually. Um, he's had some really good ball striking performances and some decent finishes. He's in the field thanks to a sponsor exemption this week, so um, it's a home game for him. Uh, he lives very close to Keen Trace and he's played in this event three times before, finishing 15th, 6th, and 40th. It's the classic that he's going to be very motivated to make the most of his <laughs> exemption this week. And also, he's got, obviously, a lot of support behind the ropes. So, he has he's, he's 43 years old. Uh, so, he's getting on. But he's, he's yet to win. Uh, he's yet to win on the PJ Tour. He's had a couple of runners-up finishes, Farmers and Puerto Rico Open. So, it would be a brilliant spot for him if he was to, to break through somewhere so local to him. And uh, given the strength of field, um, I was surprised to see him as big as he was. He's been playing. Oh, I mean, this is as good as any. I mean, I mean, Corn Ferry Tour uh, fields are stronger than this, um, yeah. honestly. Um, and he missed a cut narrowly last week. I think he shot 73 for round one, 69 round two, 11th in uh, Kansas at the which opened the, the week before that. So it's been some. And he's had a seventh place as well. He's, he has been playing well enough and. Uh, yeah, I think he is a good. But I I got him at 100 to one. I think 80 to one might be the best. I think he should be around 60 to one personally. Um, that's where I'd have him at. Yeah. Uh, so I think any 80 to one is a great price. Um, hundreds is just huge in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like a lot of that. Um, again, this was this is this was you that alerted me to this. So, um, but this is a guy I keep trying to. I keep trying to get in there at 400 to 1, 500 to 1, and keep thinking the magic's going to happen again. Um, former John Deere Classic uh, winner in, in very good fashion, really, when he done that. Um, 
but he's just been rock solid on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, in 2022, especially the last threes, 15th, 23rd, 18th, uh, 12th and 16th earlier on in the season as well. And that's that's Michael Kimbrad. And you look at he was 16th uh, in the Puerto Rico Open the last time he was on the PGA Tour, which is yes. similar kind of, if not better strength than this kind of field. I think better. Yeah, probably better um, strength. He's a better player than the 100 to 1, isn't he? Certainly is, and yeah, everything you just said, like he's just been very consistent. Um, I've been, I think I was on him last week. I thought because I've been saying that there's been, he said he's finished inside the top 23 in six of his last starts. I just feel like he's he's brewing towards a big performance, and I don't know, he, he's out. I think he's he's 43rd on the Corn Ferry Tour, so he really does need a big performance over there at the moment to get into the top 25 to get his card. Have to go through the finals, so I keep thinking there's going to be a massive performance um, soon on there. But he might well just come this week. You know, as you just said, he last PJ Tour star was Puerto Rico, played well there, and he's just been so consistent, hitting it really well, and he's won. He's 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 he's, he's a winner before. He's won on the PJ Tour, as you said, under John Deere Classic. So he's another one searching for his way back to. The, what we call the pinnacle of golf yeah uh, the PGA tour um and it's just another great opportunity for him this week to secure that so yeah i think triple digits he's he's a great bet there isn't a corn ferry event this week right so isn't, no. which is which is good for him because if you're if you are a member um on the corn ferry tour but you qualify for the pj tour event you have to play in that is something i learned uh when speaking to pg line recently so um yeah you're basically uh told so like i think pt line had had played somewhere and and had the chance to go back to back on the corn ferry tour but because he qualified for puerto rico or barbasol whatever it was he had to go to that um so I that's, guess, a, that's a bit of a funny one because they're, they're playing for to get their cards exactly so. that and the, the one thing they that the, the one thing that worries me for michael kim is that like this a good finish here unless he wins is actually worth nothing to him like apart yeah. from confidence uh which is obviously huge but like mm-hmm. he would have to win to really change actually his situation like he can't can't boost himself up the corn fairy rankings or anything like that with a good week right. so um Bit of a bit of a dead zone for him, but also again, it's, it's good because as you just said, that I mean, there isn't a corn ferry tour event this week, so it keeps him, you know, playing. It's and it's a, it's, a, it's a free shot. It's a bonus if he if he was to win this. It's like it's it's massive. I think it's, he's, de- he's definitely capable. Like he's so like um, I'm trying to think of the word, but he's, he's very volatile, isn't he? You know, and, yeah, and ig- enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say enigmatic, but I couldn't pronounce it very well. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he. You know, it's fifty to one in some places, hundred to one in another. Like, there's a there's a difference of opinion on him this week, which I kind of like to see. Yeah, you um, like to see that. I love to see that. Um, Justin Walters, I think he's based stateside. Uh, not entirely sure, but one to keep an eye on because he's been playing well on the DP World Tour. Patrick Flavin, top ten last week. Um, beyond that, is there anything to it? No, but there doesn't really mm-hmm. need to be uh, in this field and the field strength. And then the other one that caught my eye, Aaron Baddeley who basically has gone at the game, um, isn't likely to win. But he led the field in strokes gain approach last week. Or he's maybe maybe top four in strokes gain approach. No, he's fourth in strokes gain approach. He's, he's the best in this field, apparently, in, in strokes gain approach. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that fourth in, in strokes gain approach last week is impressive. Obviously, Gotterup and Hadley were second and third, and, and they're both in this field as well. So maybe yeah. you'd want to go then. But they're significantly... 
shorter price. Dylan Wu was first. I was going to say Dylan Wu. Yeah, here's another one. An approach. approach. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like, do you just take? Well, these guys, they're top. They're just players that um, you know, they broke through on the Corn Ferry Tour and tougher fields than this, and they're they're probably saying, look, I haven't had a good season so far. This is. This is it, you know. I've got to show up here, you know. Um, so it's a good opportunity for all these players who have come up from the Corn Ferry Tour, who are sort of just need a performance. You know, this is a there's a lot of people. I mean, we're not looking at the event with much, like uh, like as a, a viewing spectacle or like no. something like that. But these guys, it's there's so many people who are playing this event, which probably have had it circled on their calendar for ages. Like this is a, a winnable event, you know. I just need to show up here. Dylan Wu um, is interesting because he's had the, the 20th in Hawaii, the 30th at Honda, mm-hmm. uh, made the cut at the Crowleys and, and the Wells Fargo. Obviously made the cut last week, the 43rd, because he led the field in approach. Like, that's interesting. Like, I, 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 I don't think it's going to translate to success here, but he's 175 to 1 or 150 to 1 with a yeah. couple more places. Like, literally anyone could win this. Like, I, I don't I don't 100%. even know how to put it. Like, I'm, I'm... It's, it's disregarding mad. a lot of the DP World Tour players, which is harsh, but I just don't know what how they're going to play. I don't, I just don't know what to expect without you know. This. I think the trouble is with them is that like they feel oh, they they have to go over there because they haven't made the cut for the Scottish yeah. Open field, so they have to go. That's the only place they've got a start this week, and it's like mm. they've not gone there out of choice. I don't suppose they would choose this over. Like, I guess if you could probably have them in a in a corn ferry or a, or a challenge tour or whatever, they'd probably stick to that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really tough. Ace Hannah was the only one that uh, really appealed to me coming back home. You yeah. know, he he's probably feels a bit more comfortable than most. And we know he's, he's five missed cuts in a row. But if you look at his record, it's missed cut, missed cut, missed cut tied 12 or and then miscut miscut second miscut miscut tied sixth tied fourth then he's had five miscuts in a row which means he's very much due a top 10 finish yeah you know it's not always like that but he is that he's even said in the past that he is that type of player he says i'm either gonna uh, contend or i'm gonna miss the cut it's i've seen him in an interview say that um and it's wild um and you can get him at 200 i think 175 he was last one off the shortlist for me um so yeah he's appeals um but didn't get there interestingly like dale whitnell has had five top 36 finishes in his last six events one missed cut like best finish was 14th for the dutch 16th last week in the irish open he's someone that'd be really annoyed that he didn't get into that scottish open event um but he does have a little link to america i think he's got a base out there yeah, and he played on the the West 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 Florida tour for a bit. I yeah, think it was. he did. Yeah, because uh, I think he's got he's got. I remember that. A partner's like family lives out there or something along those lines. Like he's got he's got a way in to to base himself out there. So yeah, that could be a. I mean, might be a bit more comfortable than most. Yeah, yeah, could be nothing. Could be something. Um, I just don't know, Brad. Like, there's a reason I'm not wasting too much time talking about it. There's no, a reason exactly. I'm... we're speaking a bit. We're going off on a bit. Well, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, in- like, it's really intriguing. I, I, it is intriguing. I actually really quite like like trying to... Like, it's like a bit of a puzzle going through fields like this. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. You try and find value. There is value there. It's just you don't know. It, no one can be trusted. You no, know? no, there's a reason they're playing this event is the is the, the equaliser for all of them. So um, I think that'll, that'll kind of sum us up there. Um, you know, nothing else to, to really add on it. 
Um, I will just repeat uh, Jason's picks in Patton Zaire, Ryan Armour, Brian Stewart, Scott Brown and Bryce Garnett. Um, I will say that I'm on Mark Hubbard, Patrick Flavin uh, and Michael Kim with you. And if you just want to repeat your Barbasol picks again yeah, for us. I'm on Patton Kazire as well. Um, I'm on Josh Teeter and I'm on Michael Kim. Yeah, and I'm just going to give uh, a little bit of a repeat to my Scottish Open picks as well. So Hideki Matsuyama, uh, 33-1. to 1. Can't decide what to do about Ryan Fox. I'd sort of kick myself if he won, but it's one to think about. Cyril Hatton, 66-1. to 1. Lucas Herbert, uh, whatever price you can get on him now, 66-70s. Victor Perez, 125. Johannes Veerman at 175. Uh, Jason's picks in Alexander Schofle, Aaron Rye, Lucas Herbert, Victor Perez, and Calais Samoya, who he's keen on for uh, the side markets. And Brad, your final selections in Scottish? Yeah, I want Cam Smith, 28-1, uh, to 1, but 30s is better. Uh, I think that it's available now. Uh, McIntyre, 80-1, to 1, and Luke List, 125-1. to 1. Yeah, I like that. Brad, we've got the Open Championship to look forward to next week. We do um, indeed. So, big event for us on the podcast. Um, you know, yeah. Another winner last week in JC Poston. So, things are going rosy for the podcast so far. Uh, hopefully we keep that up because there's no, there's no good doing it if you're not going to keep it up. So um, we, we will look to do that and uh, we look forward to another week, Brad. Definitely, mate. Take care and, uh, yes. and good luck this week.